Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Thanks. I don't need help. Just watch me love myself. That's all I want. Got what I want. That's all I want. I'm not sorry. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about maybe the most intense hug we've ever witnessed on television or otherwise. We will be thinking about Faith and Gary's tearful embrace for decades, for years, forever. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yes. It was traumatizing secondhand. Joining us today to discuss the stunning conclusion to last week's episode and also the most congenial women tell-all we've ever seen, is author and professor Michelle Herman. Michelle, welcome to the pod. I'm so glad to be here. We're so excited We're to have so, you. We're <laughs> so happy to have you, even though you did reveal to us that we're just big softies who cry <laughs> way too much. It's <laughs> not, no, it's not that you're softies, it's that you're youngsters. That's yes. all. <laughs> we need it, the wisdom. We yes. need, I need to live some yeah, more years. I know, to be fair, I think my, my mother's also been crying watching, so maybe it's just like a, a genetic, genetic thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll have to see how my daughter does when she finally catches up and watches. <laughs> Okay, so shall we just jump into the episode? Because there is this was a longer golden episode than yeah. usual. Yeah. Yes. 15 extra minutes. <laughs> just a little, which I appreciated because every week I'm like, oh, I could use a little bit more. Uh, yeah, but, golden. But, what you were, but what you were craving was not the burp and fart jokes that we got that filled up <laughs> most of that 15 minutes as far as I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I agree that the 15 minutes would have been better allocated to a non-women tell-all episode, but you know what? I will take it. I love these women so much. (laughs) So we start off with the cold open, the same scene that we ended last week on where Gary is completely overwhelmed to the point of a panic attack, I think, by the decision of who to send home. Will it be Teresa? Will it be Faith? 
We have to wait a while to get that question answered because we cut right from that like emotional devastation to a very cheerful studio audience. <laughs> They're so excited Jess- to be there. <laughs> and so is Jesse Palmer because he welcomes everyone with open arms to the first ever Golden Bachelor Women Tell All. He must just be so excited. He's like, 25-year-olds aren't going to be screaming over each other <laughs> for seven hours uh, auditioning for Paradise. Yeah. It's like a real gift as a host. I feel like it's the first time he's ever been like, I missed you all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he meant it. <laughs> oh, But Jesse sets us up. He's like, everyone has been enamored by Gary Turner, a father and grandfather from Indiana who's been trying to find the next great love of his life. He's like, Gary and all of his ladies are here to share tidbits behind the scenes about their journey before we find out who Gary sent home at the rose ceremony. Teresa or Faith, and that woman, Jesse tells us, will join Gary on this very stage. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love the way way every time Jesse talks about... um, Gary, he begins with um, the guy who started out the season as just a regular grandpa from Indiana, (laughs) as if he is now a transformed human being. He may be, but it made me roll my eyes. He did it over and over again. And I have to say also, I did not notice this until tonight's episode, but Gary actually looks like Jesse. Have you noticed this? He looks as much like Jesse as Clayton did, which everybody talked about. He just looks like the computer-aged version of Jesse rather than, oh, you know? Because he's definitely that proper amalgam except aged up of, yeah. like, the platonic ideal of The Bachelor. Yeah. He's just a lot, I think, more compelling because he's older and has lived, had more interesting life experiences. But it is very funny. Our production assistant did, like, a mashup or <laughs> Lee, you know, you found the clip of Desiree leaving Sean's season yes. and then put it with Ellen leaving Gary's season. And we were like, these are the same. They're yes. the same people. People. Yeah. And <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I'm not going to belabor it because I wrote something for Slate about this, which, which <laughs> came out um, before the episode, before tonight's episode, same day though. Um, I don't, I'm not crazy about Gary. I mean, I know that you all just love him so much. Um, But what you said makes perfect sense to me. I mean, he is just an aged version of the classic Bachelor type. And I've never found any of them attractive. So... (laughs) I don't, I mean, it's, I think Joey, Joey's, Joey's like the top. first, yes. I, the I listen, one that I think is really I, cute. I have hopes for Joey. I do. I had hopes for <laughs> Matt James too. And then his season was just such a drag, but well, yeah, but that's unfortunately they, they yes. ruined that season yes. with racism, but Matt is very handsome. Yes. Yes. But, it, but you know, the general bachelor type has not varied very much. And when they, sh- when they introduced the golden bachelor, my heart sunk. I thought, oh, it's exactly the same guy, just my age. Yeah. And once again, that first episode, I know I'm, I'm already veering off from the recap, but I just want to say that first episode, I thought, as I always think, I can't believe these women all find him so attractive. What on earth do they see in him? What I've identified in that is I think that so many of them, which is like a sad uh, commentary on our culture, but a lot of them are just like, 
a man has not looked at me, seen me, listened to me, asked me questions about myself, made me feel like I am a like worthy object of affection in in a while. And I think there's something about the way that Gary is able to like actively listen and really hear people. And I do think that that is something that our normal bachelors often really struggle to do. I I certainly grant you that. But I also think that part of what's going on with the women whom I love, by the way, I mean, as much as I find Gary wanting, I think all the women are fantastic. Well, the women are always the the ones who make the bachelors. Yes, the women are always the ones who make it. But part of the reason these women are so excited and are feeling that they're being seen is because they're they're on a television show about falling in love. I think a lot of men could have been slotted in and the result would have been the same, honestly. But I'll, I'll, I did like Gary better after this episode. I did feel like I saw a little bit more of his personality, but I still think he is just like incredibly Midwestern, incredibly boring white man. Really, I'm. You know, I mean, you're not. (laughs) You're not wrong. My boyfriend continues to believe that he is AI generated. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to take us off track so so early. So, (laughs) no, that's fine. These are the conversations that we want to have, and I think that. there's always criticisms to lobby at these shows. And I think uh, after covering this franchise for so many years, it's just been a relief to see something that feels like it. it is trying to do something different. It is trying to do something that might actually do some good rather than just like traumatize. I agree. A bunch of no, people. no. Yeah. I agree. So so I think that's where my like sunny outlook on this show comes from. And I do hope that we will see you know, a variety of people because this show's done so, this season has done so well for them. I am hopeful that like, as the series gets going and there are new casts and hopefully we get Golden Bachelorette, that we will see some of that variety because I I agree, I would would love that. So speaking (laughs) of the women who really made this season... Jesse welcomes a bunch of them. They are already out on stage. We have Patty, Matt James's mom, <laughs> Pamela, Marina, Christina, Natasha wearing chair earrings. Yes. Her viral moment. She, the woman knows how to brand. Yep. <laughs> we have Joan, Nancy, Edith, April, who does a little heart out to the audience, Kathy, who does her signature. Zipulous, <laughs> Sandra, Susan, and Ellen. So yes, of course. We're missing. If, if you're wondering who we were missing, <laughs> I did a little digging. We're missing Anna, thank you, Jeannie, Maria, Peggy, Renee, Sylvia, and then of course Teresa, Faith, and Leslie, who are our final three. Did you remember um, those people, <laughs> the ones who were missing? I kind of well, I remember. I definitely remember. I did. Jeannie I remember and Peggy. Jeannie. I remember Jeannie and Peggy too. I remember yes. the Jeannie. others. I think left. I think the, the first others night. are night mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I always wonder about the women who those women in the you know who don't get to speak at all. What they're doing there? I mean, yeah. I assume that Matt James's mother. They just felt like they had to have her back, even though she was a big zero on the show. Um. 
And Pamela, I didn't remember Pamela. And I thought, she looked beautiful. I mean, actually, she, I really, she I thought she looked fantastic. I remembered her. You I did? really remembered her. But I wish they would have given, yeah. you know, I'm sure they do speak during the taping. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then that's what I was going to say. But yes. it is unfortunate that, like, you know, if you're going to bring these women back and invite them to the show, give them a, a little Something. second to speak or share even their mind about getting, you know, Kicked off night one. Like, we want to hear Marina, all that stuff, man, Marina, who left really early, who self-eliminated, right? She managed to get in there. I think if yes, they... I'm obsessed with you know, like Marina. Her love. outfit. Oh, oh, that green. She oh, looked so good. See, I, that chartreuse, I just hated it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. You hated it? it? Oh, I loved it. it I like chartreuse. I thought, uh, you know, I, I was looking at them and thinking, I thought this all season... They all looked so fantastic in those promo shots of them as a group, all of them in black. And then, again, back to night one and my disappointment, most of them came out wearing those two bright, sparkly, mermaidy dresses. And, and last night, too, I mean, only a handful of them looked really glamorous. I thought Pamela looked fabulous in her black dress. But there was like, which one? I wrote it down. One of them was wearing what looked like... Um, uh, mother of the bride dress, that lavender, Daphne. Oh, you know? Christina was that Christina? Was that Christina? Yes. Uh, so Michelle, yes. you prefer them all to be in uniform, right? No, <laughs> I know I don't prefer them to be in uniform. But like several of them were in like flaming red dresses that just I don't think did them any favors. No, actually, I thought that. Um, now let me think who it was. I wrote. I took so many notes. Oh my god. Kathy to me was wearing Kathy the best looked, outfit because she yeah, had like the a little, white pantsuit. Was that a jumpsuit or a pantsuit? Great. Was, I I would wear that. I thought she looked fantastic. There um, were some low cut dresses. Uh, I like the low no cut spoilers. dresses. <laughs> no, I I, oh, I yeah. yeah. And I thought. I mean, I liked Patty's kind of daring black dress. But who was wearing the floral? See, I took all these notes. Um, and then I can't uh, find them. Oh, Nancy? Nancy. Um, like, I love that dress. I just felt, I don't know. There was she something beautiful. too bachelory about most yeah, of the Yeah, some of them were but- more dolled up. <laughs> Others were in more casual, like, I, They style themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think you see kind of a variety of what they feel comfortable in or how they want to <gasps> present themselves. I thought Sandra looked especially awesome because, like, her hair looked better than it had looked all season. It was in this sort of casual updo. And she had a classy she, yeah, black looked, dress on, you know, me too. She And she was She's great fantastic. So, um, but yeah, yeah, so that's who's missing and that's who was there. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Sandra, of course, Jessie kicks off the show with her leading a bit of meditation. She says, take a deep breath. And everyone says, fuck. Of course, it's bleeped. But here we can, we can curse. And Jessie goes, ah, it works every time. <laughs> Hers was actually my favorite limo exit, I have to say. I just, I loved that so much. I loved her throughout the season. She was definitely a standout for me. Um, yeah. I could see her possibly being in the in the running for Golden Bachelorette as well if they do it, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Then, of course, we get a look know. back at the season that captivated us all, mind, body, and soul. We get... <laughs> Gary's intro, the ladies' limo exits, the bonding, the bunk beds, pickleball, Teresa versus Kathy, Ellen's love confessions, and how much these women have all learned from this wonderful experience. And Jesse kicks it off with Susan. 
who she says if she would have known her son was going to be so upset with her entrance, she would have just said, you know, she's comfortable with eight inches and not six. <laughs> Susan is so such a riot. I love Don't her. you think Susan must have read, again, maybe my cynicism, must have read How to Win the Bachelor because she had that line <laughs> locked and loaded, ready to go. I mean, I want to say before Jesse sort of gets the ball rolling with Susan, the um, the tape ends with an inspirational message from Susan, right? And that like, that sets the tone because over and over again, so many of the women who have a chance to speak end up saying versions of, you know, for people at my age, don't give up. We still have hope. The show taught. They want to make sure they hammer home the message that the show is there to teach us. And it's very sweet. After a while, I started getting annoyed um, like, <laughs> You're like, kill hope. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it wasn't kill hope. It was like, really? Don't These women did not bang us over the head. Yeah. yeah and, you know, it, it was like a message that it felt like they were supposed to keep delivering over and over again. This show did not break us the way the regular show breaks people. <laughs> this show taught us that we are now ready and deserving of love. And so that that's kind of where the tape ended. And then I love that it was sort of undercut by Susan's dirty joke. That made me really happy. She's she's fantastic. <laughs> she oh is. my god, she's so much fun. I was like, give this woman a TV she's show. So like, she, she's, she's so watchable. She's just so endearing and funny, and everyone seems to love her. All the women. Yeah. Although, again, I wish they hadn't spent so much time on her gas and the meatballs <laughs> versus the guac. I mean, you know, it's like they can't they were resist. grasping at straws. I guess. Yeah. For something funny? I mean, the women are funny enough on their own, but I feel like even though it seems clear that there's a different team working on Golden Bachelor than is working on, I keep calling it the regular show, you know, when I was on Juliet's podcast. I don't think it, I don't know that it is a different You don't think so? It feels very different. Like all the decisions seem, the fact that those cold opens are so different. I think they just- They're experimenting, yeah. They're experimenting, and and I think they like took a- I, what I would call extra care. Well, I hope that, because, that some of know. these experiments make their way into, into as I started to say, the regular show when I was on Juliet's podcast, she interrupted to say, let's call it um, Young Bachelor. That seems more <laughs> equitable. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I hope they bring some of that to Young Bachelor because it's much better, but I do feel like they can't resist this sort of toilet humor. I mean, it's worse. Well, yeah, they had it on. They had it on Paradise this season so too. They're super interested Paradise. in gastro issues this They're year like on the Bachelor. They're like six-year-old boys. I don't understand <laughs> it, and it just—it's—it's it's so. Un- I mean, it's. I was. I was upset enough on Bachelor in Paradise that I almost just stopped watching altogether when they went on and on about poor Sam's constipation. It's so funny. I think that people just have very strong and very different reactions to toilet humor. Yes. Like some people, including adults, just like yeah. Love it. Some people are deeply uncomfortable with it. I found it a little bit charming. (laughs) Yeah. I don't mind potty jokes, but only because I think I mentioned this before. I grew up in a house of boys and brothers. And like, so I was always comfortable talking about the bathroom where my husband's family, oh gosh, if you mention the word like repressed. Yeah. (laughs) So everybody's different. But yes, they really leaned into the the poop babies, the gas. Yeah. 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 And then later, I will, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But yeah, but Susan did great. She really did great. I found it notable that Jesse kept framing questions about like overt sexuality to 
both Gary and the women as like, yeah. weren't you so scandalized that you could kiss <gasps> and then your grandchildren would watch? It felt like almost a parody, <laughs> like the Yosef's daughter meme of like, of like I- implying somehow that they should have been embarrassed or ashamed to make out on a show where that's clearly it's the exactly point. <laughs> what's next on my notes. Um, you know, I mean, the first thing he does after Susan talks is a- asks, he asks April what it was like April, to yes. kiss Gary, knowing that the grandchildren were watching and he keeps doing it. And I thought I, it would never have occurred to me to be worried about that. And I don't know why he's so fixated on it. I mean, I assume he was kind of given that, like, ask them about that, yeah. right? I mean, because it, it seems yeah. like so odd. And absolutely, I thought of Yosef also. I yes. mean, why would why would the grandchildren be scandalized to see their grandmothers kissing someone? Also, like they don't have to watch watch it. The Bachelor, well, like also, like oh, April no. said, April's like I should have leaned in a little bit more. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. I was I was actually very pleased with the responses. Like Gary kind of does the same thing. They're like, um, no, that's not really relevant. Yeah. And if anything, I should have done more because like. And Nancy, yeah. too. Nancy's this like, about you know, me. they see me yeah. as a mom, but I'm a single woman, someone who wants love. And I got support. Like, they kind of moved on quickly, which was nice. But yeah, Jesse was really leaning they, into yeah. like, the whole, ew, The ew. women handled it really well. <laughs> I know. I felt like the undertone from Jesse was, ick, old people making out. Ick, old people right. potentially which, having sex, which really bothered which me. Which, to me, like, flies in the face, actually, of what the show is doing pretty mm. well, yeah. which is to not treat people on this show making out or hooking up with each other as something that is like that needs to be hidden um and so this was yeah that felt notable to me maybe um it was it was a gesture toward a sector of the audience that might be feeling that it was kind of gross you know who are sitting and wondering why isn't anyone talking about how gross it is to see these old people smooching so that's all On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, more on Golden Bachelor. Can you keep up? I like love it. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back. After they get through the kissing, <laughs> Jesse's ready to talk pickleball, including Sandra's extremely athletic dive straight into the onlookers, and also April's fake injury. <laughs> Which I loved. Like Ellen and Sandra were like, we really believed her. We thought she was very <laughs> injured. And, yeah, and Susan, Susan is like, what? This is April. Susan and Kathy are like, it's April. Like, whatever. <laughs> That also, the ones moment. who thought it was real have clearly never watched The Bachelor before when there's always someone faking <laughs> injury. I mean, they're, they're just too sensitive. Yeah, they're they're sensitive. like us. They're like, softies we're, we're like, like us. Yeah. Yeah. They're softies. <laughs> well, but I mean, I at, the time that it, at the time that it happened, it cracked me up because the whole point of having an injury 
is getting extra time with the lead who's going to fuss over you. And they were the ones who had come running to help her. And April's like, go, I'm fine, go away. <laughs> because they were <laughs> like, ruining her know. moment. We, we discussed that. We discussed that <laughs> it's at, hilarious. in our episode about, about that. Um, yeah, in our episode about that episode. So maybe because, that was in my yeah, head. Yeah, really back. <laughs> It really backfired. Yeah. It yeah. didn't work out yeah. for her. These women are too too sensitive and empathetic. <laughs> so they move right on into the drama between Kathy and Teresa, which like is sort of impossible to address given that Teresa isn't there. Mm-hmm. So I felt like this segment yeah. kind of fell flat. Kathy says that she's a straight shooter and Susan adds with the biggest heart in the world. <laughs> and then yeah. she offers up a little apology. We have a clip. Watching the show back, could I have been a little more delicate? Yes. <laughs> That's um, not Absolutely, I could have. Um, maybe we both should have zipped it. Um, but truly, it's past. It was in the moment, and, and it's over. And I, you know what? I think Teresa knows that, too. Truly, I only wish everyone the best. I think, to me, this show, yes, it's about love, but it's also so much about hope and friendship. And, and friendship and what life offers all of us. She's like, was Teresa annoying? Yes. <laughs> uh, should I have been more delicate? Also, yes. <laughs> but that's Kathy. And I'm interested, I Michelle. Love Kathy. Are you a Kathy fan, Michelle? Oh, I love Kathy. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a Teresa fan, but I am a Kathy fan. And They tried so hard to make more of this than there was. It seemed like the most minor drama, but it was the only drama. So this is all we've got to to look at. And I love that, that, you know, Kathy ended it on this note of friendship, which is really like the theme of this season, for sure, more than it's ever been. I agree. That was, I really- I completely agree. If I were going to cry, that's when I would have cried at one of those moments like, oh, friendship, that's what this is really about. Yeah. Well, that's what made me cry the most. Yeah. That's why, uh, spoiler, Roberta and Ellen, that whole thing yes. is what really destroyed me. Um, but yeah, I loved that moment with Kathy. I am such a Kathy fan, even though she can be a little bitchy. I'm oh, so I love that. It's one of the things I like about her. She's, I could definitely <laughs> yes, be her she's friend. She's hilarious. Yeah. 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 She was a very necessary comic relief. And I love mm-hmm. her friendship with Susan. They both seem to have. Just a really good sense of humor, and it's very sweet to watch. So after a little break, uh, we get to your least favorite part (laughs) of the episode, Michelle. Oh, my God. In which there is a debate (sighs) over, was it Edith's guacamole or Susan's meatballs that caused the most gas? And we, uh, frankly, we don't get an answer. We don't. But we get a a large montage of Susan just (laughs) for two days talking about her flatulence. Which, which, yeah, I could. I think they could have spent their time elsewhere. It was funny. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, it, it, it was, was fun. I mean, it it was it was. It, I would. I didn't think it was fun. I thought it was mildly funny in a sophomoric way. But at least Susan got to be the star of it, which is great. I'm happy to see Susan as the star of a segment. And Natasha managed to get herself in there too. She's really good at kind of inserting herself into conversations. Um, Loves Edith. Yeah, loves Edith's guac and tacos. And she's like, I ate that every day. I'm fine. It was, I thought it was sort of, (laughs) People seem to think it was the meatballs. Most people. (laughs) Like, look guys, sometimes it's just impossible to know and you just have a GI issue. It happens. Maybe your butterflies for Gary just got to you, Susan. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then Jesse takes the conversation in a more serious direction. He's like, yes, this season had love. It had humor, but mostly hope. That is clearly their, like, line. Mm -hmm. They're like, the theme of this show is hope. And he says that these women showed everyone that new love, new experiences, and new life can happen to anybody at any age. And this is where Natasha is like, hell yeah, this is my branding (laughs) opportunity. I have a goddamn business to run. She's like, as a pro agent coach and a midlife maven, which I believe is on her Instagram bio. So I like knew that branding. I was like, honestly, catchy. I recalled it. She's like, it's because we've lived life, been through a lot of ups and downs and life be life and baby. And you need people to lean on who have your back. (laughs) Love Natasha. We'll always love her. Well, and Natasha looks amazing, right? Let's, I mean, we talk about how yeah. that, I mean, and see, she was wearing a bright color, but I thought it worked for her, that yellow dress. I think it dress. was yellow. <sighs> it looked yeah. stunning. And then she had her green chair earrings, her green jewelry. And her hair is so fabulous, so. She's a midlife maven for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marina says that, you know, there were 22 women on this season who spoke the same mantra. Whether you're 22 or 102, we are women. We have the power uh, within us, which I loved. And people in the audience are like, woo! You know, the producers are like, cheer for that one. (laughs) Girl power, yes. Yes. And Susan says, you know, this experience helped her reach people watching and let them know it's not over. Get back up. If you don't feel good, then like change your outfit, get up and and live (laughs) your life. (laughs) Honestly, that is always good advice. If you feel like shit, take a shower, change your outfit. Yeah. It helps. It helps. Go, go, go on a walk. It can't yeah. hurt. Change your outfit, go on a walk. It always yeah, helps. Touch grass. Fresh air always <laughs> helps. You know what else helps? Chris Jenner. <laughs> oh, God. Because this was, we, this saw, was my we saw Hulu. Least thing. <laughs> yeah. We saw Hulu, Disney. Yeah. They're, they're bringing everybody together. It's a big happy family over here. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That, that Hulu Kardashians cross promo. I mean, oh, God. But Susan's flabbergasted when she yes. sees her idol. Chris Jenner say that this has been the most amazing season season they have watched her and her family in years since Trista and Ryan. I'm like, wow, that's decades, but okay. And uh, she thanks them for bringing so much joy and pleasure to her screen, their inspirations. She's obsessed with them all, but Susan, she says, you are amazing. Love your style. Love your hair. You nailed it, doll. (laughs) Well, that was what there have been so many so many memes about of the two of them susan being chris jenner i mean that's the only thing that saved that little bit for me was that it made susan so happy i thought all right you know it's fine it's nice to see her happy they had yeah Yeah, i think it would have been much more annoying if there wasn't this like joke going around the internet that susan was chris jenner that made it a little more made it okay for and thankfully it was short yeah Yeah. So then we get to the hot seats. First up is Joan. They run through a package of the highlights of her journey, her relationship with Gary. Um, Of course, for anyone who's forgotten, which I don't think anyone has, she left the show early to be home with her daughter. And she says during this segment, which I found really interesting because we didn't know this um, on the regular show, that what was going on with her daughter is that she had a really bad case of postpartum depression. Yes. And she says she could like hear it in her daughter's voice. She needed yeah. to get home. She may um, very well have told um, everyone when she said goodbye about it and it was edited out. 
but they it would have been harder to edit it out last night. I was really glad. It's one of those rare moments that The Bachelor yes. actually talks about something that's really important to have talked about, given their huge reach. Yeah. I thought that was, that was I agree. Great I thought just saying those yep. words was so important mm-hmm. and being like, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. So I went home. I wanted to help her. You need support if you suffer from postpartum. Um, and it just totally normalized it in a way that felt yeah. very like important and meaningful to me. And I was glad that she that she said that and that her daughter clearly gave her permission to to, to, to share that yeah. on national television. Yeah. 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 John John did a good job. I mean, again. I'll be the cynic of the group. Her her speech felt a little like she'd practiced it and practiced it before giving it. On. Of course she did, you know. But I mean, I'm sure she did. You know, but it was really important <laughs> and it was lovely, you know. So I like her. Do you like her? I, I like, like her a John. lot. Yeah, I have yeah. also have a soft spot for her because she's from um, the area that I grew up in, like very close by. So that D.C. area of Maryland. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, yes. I feel like, too, I, if she did stay, I think she would have went far. I think yeah, her I think and Gary so had a nice yeah. connection. So it was sad when she left, but I respected her decision. Me too. And yeah. I think it was the only decision to make. But I do, yeah, I do think that she would have. And I think she felt that, yeah. which is why I made that decision. Yeah, she hard. still feels that. I think we yeah. have a clip yeah. of what she says. But yeah, she's been, you know, thinking about Gary still and wondering the what ifs. But Let's run the clip. Gary helped make me feel visible because he looked at me and he cared about what I was saying and he wanted to get to know me. And it's, it's part of that whole conversation about being invisible. Society makes us feel like we've had our chance and we've raised our children and it's time now to support the next generation and kind of take a backseat. And Gary opened my heart and I held out hope for a little while, honestly, and I did think a couple times maybe I would come around the corner coming home from work and he would be sitting on my front porch. Oh, I, did you cry? That one got me. Like, I didn't cry, but it's it's sad. It was beautiful. And I, I mean, we talked about this the first time she said it in her exit, but I do think just calling attention to that idea that women as we age need to step back into the shadows, not be seen, um, is something that I think this show is like pretty effective at exposing and exposing yeah. the fallacy of. Um, yeah. And so I, I was glad she brought it up again here. It's, I think it's certainly the reason that like my mother who is 90 had never watched, well, I shouldn't say never. She doesn't watch The Bachelor, but ever since I got addicted to it, um, she lives alone in New York and I go to see her every couple of months. And when it's Bachelor season, I want to watch. And she watches with me because she just wants to be near me. And she rolls her eyes and she can't understand why. I mean, she also, (laughs) same thing with Love Island, my poor mother. She cannot understand why I am so obsessed with these shows. But I told her to give The Golden Bachelor a try and she loves it. She's completely devoted to it. And we talk about it. It's so much fun. We talk about it every week. And I just, that piece, that's the single most important piece, right? Is that we're actually seeing women my age, I'm 68, um, in a way that we never see them. We just, we just don't on, on you know, TV or in movies. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, and I, I have to say, Joan did a particularly good job of articulating it. She'd make yeah. a great golden bachelorette also. They all need their own shows. She would. I agree. She was lovely. This is <laughs> one know. of the most poignant yeah, yeah. moments from the season, that speech. In Something the that struck oh, yeah. me is like, she is a school administrator. She's an educator. And it's like, oh, that actually makes sense yeah. because her way of delivering a message clearly and succinctly in a way that can just like penetrate a wide audience she she has that gift. Um, I have to I was, say, yeah, I also I, was um, like, I, I, I felt for her that she had to leave the show for her daughter, but I really appreciated someone being highlight, highlighted for whom her daughter's well-being was so important yes. as someone who's a very daughter-centric person. Um, yeah, I just, I identified with her and I, I kind of loved her for it, so... Yeah, my mom also really loved Joan. She like really, yeah, yeah. really enjoyed her. But then comes my favorite <laughs> after <laughs> <Yay>. Joan, Ellen. <laughs> Ellen, 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 so my like, my Jewish queen, gorgeous we all and love red. Her. Just, oh, just love I her love smile. Her. I just love, love her energy. I love Ellen so much. I love her. <laughs> she really does. Like Gary's right. Her smile is really. It lights up a room. It just like it lights up. It really mm-hmm. does light up a room. That's like a trite phrase, but it's I it's was true. so heartbroken when she left. She and Leslie from the beginning were my two favorites. And when she left, I just. Sam. Uh, I said, well, are you, you Emma? Know, <laughs> well, we're Jewish is what we are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're Jewish. We see, we see, is, yeah. And you never get <laughs> to just... see. I mean, Jewish representation on The Bachelor is just a miracle. So. Um, I love hearing the word mensch said so many times on The Bachelor. Oh, my God. I know. It, like, hits, like, a pleasure center or something. (laughs) I don't know. It's really, it's really a delight. And Ellen is just, yeah, I feel like I get her. Like, I have been in community with people who are her. And so it's, there's, she's a very comforting presence to me. So we get a highlight reel of her time with Gary and it starts with her entrance saying, like, Roberta, we made yeah. it. Which like, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and Ellen is crying watching mm-hmm. this all back. And Jesse says, you know, everyone was pulling for your happiness because you really, really deserve it. And she's honest. And she says, like, my goodbye with Gary was one of the most unhappy times in my life. It was true disappointment. Oh. Because she really saw an amazing life with him. And Gary was attentive and caring and funny and he treated her so well and I feel like a lot of these women articulate why they had this experience of grief after the show and it's not Gary it's right per se right. it's the loss of like a vision of the future of what that could hold um, and I think that that's always the most painful thing in any breakup at least that's certainly how I've experienced breakups and they're just they're just all so good at articulating the specificity of their feelings and many of them move very quickly from that to saying yeah and now it's it's made me realize that and that's exactly. that's you know that that internal shift which i absolutely believed much more than i believe in the depth of feeling toward this pretty boring guy but I do think the whole experience of being treated as um, an object of desire with cameras right. all around you every minute and, you know, you're, you're dressing up and I, all of that, I think, together with this man looking longingly into their eyes, um, <laughs> I would like to believe. I mean, normally people come off The Bachelor and they need a lot of therapy. 
right? Exactly. But it seems like these women really, you know, they weren't made to suffer. They actually had a moment sort of to shine that they seem to be taking with them. In the um in the tape that they showed, um, my favorite moment was we got to see Leslie putting her head on Ellen's shoulder again after Ellen is sent home. And it was another one of those moments where I just thought the friendships, I mean, I know you've, you've been talking about this for years, Emma, the friendships <laughs> have always been the subtext of the, of the bachelor, um, and but so rarely the text. Yes, You're and right. it really like that, is yeah. up in the front of it now. Um, and when she talks about Roberta, I mean, when, oh my oh goodness! God. So let's let's talk about Roberta. Oh. We <sighs> have a clip of some of what she says about their sixty years of friendship. I just wanted to make sure that I gave her the one wish that she wanted. She just said, "Please, Ellen, just go." apply. Okay, I'll apply. What's going to happen? Not going to get on it. You know, just going to apply. And then one thing led to another. And she said, I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Thank you so much for doing this for me. And I can't wait uh, to watch the first episode with you. And when I, uh, I'm sorry, when I got back from um, filming and everything, uh, she was in semi-coma state, and I knew that she was suffering. And I knew that she was staying with me so we could share that. I finally said to her, I don't want you to suffer anymore. I want you to go. It's okay. We're going to watch the show just from different places. Oh, See, that, that's where I lost it. Like, that is the stuff that makes me that made me really cry. Like, it's just the testament to their friendship. Like, Jesse is crying know, during this Jessie segment cries. also. Yeah. Um, because it is, it's just a moment where real life is penetrating this constructed show in a way that so often does not happen. And you could tell that, like, everyone was just hit right in their softest spots yeah. by the way that she talked about her friend who she calls a true sister. Yeah. You know, and the fact uh, that they bonded over this show. Like yeah. they watched the show together yeah. for so many years as we all apply. do with like our moms or our friends or our daughters or, you know, it's yeah. a little bonding experience for them. And it was something that like they, she wanted Ellen to do. And then she never got to see <laughs> Ellen on the show. And it, it really... This this segment really got me. I'm yeah, crying again. You know, I have like again, yeah, this you know, segment. I didn't cry because <laughs> somehow I don't cry at any episodes of reality TV. But but you know I I mean I've lost. I told you before we started taping. I just lost a yeah. friend, and I lost my best friend um, in my 30s, and then I lost another close friend in my 40s. And it starts to happen, you know. And by the time you're my age, there the losses start piling up. And the loss of friendship, which is again something that the whole um, the whole experience of friendship, which we all know is at least as important, if not more important, than our romantic partnerships. I mean, those are the things that that we hang on to our whole life. Um, and the fact that we keep coming back to this on this show, 
and in the women's hell all. I mean, when the women's hell all is usually people yelling at each other. <laughs> and this time it was a celebration of their friendships with each other and, um, you know, Ellen's friendship with Roberta. I, it was really lovely to see. I just, and on, and when she talked about telling Roberta it was okay to go, I mean, I have been there holding someone's hand and saying, you don't have to hang on, you can go. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, was, it was just wonderful to see on my very own TV screen. Oh, Michelle, you have me and Emma like, oh, yeah, no, we're both crying. It's, it's, oh. well, it's friendship, you know, and like the people in your life who mean so much to you. Yeah. I'm not at the stage where I've like, right. you know, lost yeah. anybody that close yeah. to me. Just the thought makes me sick. So, and it doesn't get easier. Um, and there, and every loss is different. I've, you know, I, I lost a friend yeah. just this past week. I've been thinking about it a lot that the way each loss hits you. The other thing I, I thought a lot about watching this show is this episode. It's not only about friendship, the whole thing is also about grief. There's Gary's mm-hmm. continual yes. grieving his wife. So many of them have been dealing with grief for a long time. Um, and so the, the, the focus on Ellen and Roberta feels like it's of a piece. And it's really true by the time you're in your 60s, um, a lot of your life is about loss and grief. It's about friendship and it's about love and it's about, you know, the other things that, that most of these women talk about, their deep connections with their children, um, wanting to live near their children, uh, you know, the things that make their lives happy and exciting. And a lot of them are still working. They have, even the ones who aren't working anymore, clearly had careers that mattered to them. But everything is colored by the losses. You know, most of them, I'm sure, have lost their parents. And it's a very different vibe all around. You know, it's um, it's kind of a more tender vibe. So yeah. if if Emma's right and it's the same people producing this, man, I hope they understand how much more we would all enjoy the young bachelor and bachelorette if they took a more tender approach to to people. And that yes. is what I'm really hoping yeah. for because I do think that that is the central lesson from an audience perspective of this show. And the amount of excitement and like, just attachment that I have seen even just among our audience have for the cast of The Golden Bachelor versus the way that sometimes the young bachelor can feel like a chore to watch, even to devoted fans. And, And you don't feel that here because what you're seeing is, yeah, the natural drama of a of a life lived and like as you said part of that is grief it is loss it is having to remake yourself it is making new connections it's losing old connections like that is that is enough and you can talk about all of that without it being a downer i mean the show is not depressing at all it's not depressing at all and i think that's important to recognize too it's 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 a lift every week to watch it yeah but it's the grief is i mean you know as i'm talking to you 
it's a little like therapy doing a podcast. <laughs> I realized that like I've been preoccupied with ideas of, uh, about grief for a long time. You know, people's first novels when they're young are always autobiographical. Not mine. My first novel, <laughs> which I published in my 30s, um, was about a woman of 90 who's just dealing with grief and loss throughout it, you know? Um it's as if I've been trying to prepare myself because I really did enter yeah. into what that experience would be like of her having lost her husband. Um, yeah, it's I, I loved seeing it. I mean, talk about love to see it. I love to see grief being and friendship. The other thing that I have been obsessed with, because honestly, with the exception of that first novel, pretty much everything else I've written has been about friendship. That's like my bread and butter. We sh we share obsessions. Yes, yes. <laughs> we should be, we could be friends. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always uh, here to make friends. Oh, but but then so then you know speaking of friendship, then we've got we've got Courtney. <laughs> oh God. Yes. So this segment ends with Jesse announcing to Ellen that Roberta's daughter Courtney, who the camera has been yeah. panning to, but they sort of make it seem like she's just a a member of the audience. Um, yeah, Roberta's daughter, Courtney, is is there. And she thanks Ellen for showing her what true friendship, love, and loyalty look like and yeah. what she has done for their family um, in talking about Roberta. Oh, my God. I'm like crying. Just, this, to me, is the most, yeah, yeah, is the... I did this in episode one when they talked about Roberta, too. Yeah. There is something about the loss of, like, a long friendship that just really hits me. And Courtney says to Ellen, you know, you were the best friend she could have ever asked for. Oh. And on that note, we're going to take a moment to compose ourselves. <laughs> and when we get back, we will talk about the rest of the Women Tell All. Can you keep up? I like love it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, 
something for every diet. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And we are back. And it's finally time for Gary to come out on stage. And I will say, he was startlingly clean-shaven. <laughs> yeah, maybe a lack of tan. Like, there was something. Yeah. He looked a oh, little different. Oh, do you think it was? I think it's the lack of spray the tan. tan. Yeah. Was his hair darker? I was, like, trying to figure out, like, what's well, different the clean, in the style. Clean shaven. I, don't know. I mean, he, throughout the entire season, he's got that... You know, sort of Five slight. Shot yeah, of that is everybody. Yeah. Which I like. I like it too. I, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into the stubble. So I was like, no, Gary, grow back. Like, it's like his <laughs> well, summer look and his like <laughs> winter, well, fall going into winter vibes. Like, uh, yeah. His, yeah. He ha- he doesn't have the sun kissed look he had on the ATV with Leslie. No. <laughs> but he's, I will, you no, know, but he, considering that I have not been impressed with him particularly at all, <laughs> when he came out, you know, and just like exchange these little cheeky glances with all the women. And he said, you know, God, I love them all. <laughs> you know, it's I, so I believed him. That's the I thing. Know. Like I, I, I believed no, no, I him in the, really that moment. Them. I, listen, I, I think he is the nicest man. I'm not saying that he's like a. You just think he's boring, cre- which is fair enough. I, I think he's kind of boring. He's a, basically he's a bachelor. Like he just is, you know, another one of the bachelors. And, um, and it's, I, I try, you know, because actually when I wrote the piece for Slate, my editor said, talk more about why you dislike him. I don't dislike him. There's not, it's not as if I have like, I think he's a bad guy. I think he's a really nice guy. I just, as I said before, these women are so much more fabulous than he is. So much better. I mean, so much yeah. more interesting. That's which is oh, again, yes. this is this always. is the this bachelor, is bachelor, right? So. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, oh my god, Leslie, you could do so much better. Faith, you could do so much better. Ellie, you and and yes, I realize that um, it's hard. It's just as hard in your thirties and forties. I mean, it's always hard for women to find a decent man, right? But. Don't settle. It's the curse of heterosexuality. Yes, absolutely. You know, don't settle for these. Don't settle for these guys. But anyway, I did think he was kind of adorable when he came out. I, I did. He was. You know, he said, I miss you all, oh, yeah. every single one yeah. of you. <laughs> and this is where Jesse throws out that stupid question <sighs> about his granddaughters. But Gary has a great response. <laughs> we have a clip. Granddaughters be damned. I was having the fun time of my life. And when someone would lean in for a kiss, and it's like, they're all glamorous and glorious. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to pass that up. <laughs> At least he's 
I thought it was perfect. It was perfect. He's just like, are you kidding? These beautiful, incredible women want to kiss me? Like, yeah, I'm going to kiss them. He's like, I'm not thinking about my grandkids at home. Like, Like, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, bullshit question. His stock went up considerably in my book. (laughs) It was a good, it was a really good (laughs) answer. At this point, Jesse opens the floor (laughs) to the women, women in the cheap seats to kind of say their piece to Gary Marina gets in there and is like, so are there more men like you in Indiana? I want it to be like, Marina, yes. no, don't go to Indiana for <laughs> like, <laughs> But then Sherry's answer is adorable, like right? He says, oh, they're yeah, all Gary's like me. Gary's like, Gary. they're all yeah. like me. Yeah. They're all like me. Oh, uh, God. And then Sandra. Sandra. Oh, she was good. Oh, no. She is good. That was so- <laughs> I love her. I. She says, she says, Gary, you're not just a gentleman, but you're a gentle man. And I think that's so true. And I think a big part of the appeal of Gary to me. And she says, you know, now I'm even more motivated to go out there and find my guy. Again, so there's that turn to that, which I, I, every time it came up, I appreciated. You know, what she said felt a little prepared to me also. It may be that I have listened to too many Game of Roses podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, you're, you're, they're, they're much more cynical you're than us. It. It's you're totally it. your yeah. fault, Emma, because I discovered them when they came on your show. And then I started. I've heard that from a lot of people. And, you know, I appreciate their framework, but I'm too much of a softie to look at the show that's. Yeah. <laughs> but I, they're very smart. They're very smart. But I, I mean, I sometimes think they're just wrong. Like they're missing the bigger picture. But I did, you know, I, I listened to Sandra and I thought, oh, that was good. Oh, yeah, she must have known. Prep for it in advance jump in and say it, you know, that sort of thing. But I mean, look, if you're going to be on TV, you should probably, like any media training yeah, as a journalist, like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. better, you better, you know, prep a little bit. I think they should all, they all need to be trained by Natasha, actually. I mean, she is yes. definitely the champ. She could do yeah. it. She, she's a coach. Yeah. She can train them to do anything. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Joan, says to Gary that she kind of acknowledges like the the lingering what ifs that she had after their journey ended. But she then pivots as well and says she wishes the best for Gary. And she said she went from wanting to find someone to craving yeah. it. And yeah. she talks about how good that feels yeah. and how she's not giving up. I love the use of the word crave. I was just like, that's like a right, I don't know that I felt like I it like evoked something very specific for me. It, it it did to me too. And it was at that point because, you know, we kept hearing versions of this from the different women and, and Joan did the best job of articulating it. Um, yes. But it did get me thinking about all the women I know in their 60s and 70s and older and how few of them who are now not married, either because they're divorced or because they've lost their husbands, how few of them actually want to be in a new romantic relationship. Um, And of course, obviously, that population is not represented on the show because they wouldn't be on The Bachelor. But I think it's a much larger number than the show gives you the impression of, you know, I mean, I don't know, I've been married for over 30 years. And I always tell my husband that if he were gone, there's no way I'd want another husband. One was plenty (laughs) for a lifetime. And I mean, I know my mother feels that way. I mean, she was married. My mother and father met when she was 14 and he was 17. Oh, Um, wow. And and they were, I'm going to not be able to do the math quickly, but um, my mother's 90 now and we only lost him nine years ago. 
And I remember at the time thinking, how is she going to go on? Because looking after my father, who was a wonderful man who I adored, but who was a lot, um, was really her job for years. And it was like she was having forced retirement. And once she got over the initial deep shock of being alone and really initial wave of deep grief, she has moved into a life that she loves. And at one point, I wanted to get her a little dog because she loves dogs, so she wouldn't be alone. And she's like, I don't want to take care of anybody ever again. <laughs> she's like, I've, I've done it. Alone. I've been a caretaker and, to yeah. too many people. Honestly, like, let me this is the, live. that's another kind of piece of, that's a missing piece of subtext here that, um, yeah. When you get together with someone at this age, you're you've got to think about the fact that there's care work going to come in your for sure. Future. And some of these yeah. women are a lot younger than Gary is, and um, I don't know. It's not something I'd particularly want to sign on for if I were. Yeah, if I we were, were 60, ruminating on that you know? like last week. Um, yeah, you know, just noticing the age difference between Faith and Leslie yeah. and Gary. And then but Teresa. Even the Gary. older ones, you know, if you take, if you take, you know, someone like Ellen, right? Ellen's older. I'm losing track now of which ones were. Ellen's 71, right. Teresa's okay. 70. So they're, they're you know, Gary's so, age. And even though they're Gary's age, you know, it's usually the women who end up doing the caretaking. Um, it's usually yes. the men who die first. And that, I understand why that's not getting talked about. Although I imagine it's one of the things that will be talked about during their fantasy suites off camera when they're so. not yes. knocking boots I would imagine. As, <laughs> you know, I do think it's an important <laughs> thing to, they have so many things they need to talk about off camera. Oh my God, yeah. more than oh, the yeah. usual. Um, yeah, but not I, just politics you know, this time. Politics, like religion, and yes. then place, the whole, you know, who, I mean, the thing about place with them is fascinating to me because it's not just about ties to a community, it's about somebody being willing to move away from their children when people have made right. an effort to stay near their children. And that's really complicated, but that, you know, save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So Ellen also gets a chance to thank Gary. She says, you know, thank you for making me feel like a princess for like giving, like boosting my self-esteem so that I can move on. I can find love. And She's the first one that Gary really, like, takes the time to look at her yeah. and, and say something back to her. You know, he says that he thinks she's such a special person, too. And then he also kind of makes a larger point about all of these women. We have a clip. I think you represent the thinking of all of the women that are sitting with you. That through our journey and our experience, we've become more hopeful. We've become more optimistic We've realized that our age, we're not invisible, that we have meaning, and that we have many things to offer. It's like we made history together. We have so much to be proud of. They're like a little posse at this point. They have their talking points, but it and is And sweet. while he talks, they're all like making goo-goo eyes at him. They're all still oh, like, I know. They're like, oh, yes. Gary. <laughs> Gary, Gary. <laughs> I, I keep going back to... What well, him saying in like the first or second week, like you're all my friends. Yeah, and yeah, that is what yeah. this really came through in this women tell all. So at this point, it is finally time <laughs> to find out what happened at the end of last week's episode. 
Were you scared? I was ter- I was like I was terrified. I was sweating. I was anxious. <laughs> yeah, I was really anxious about it. I was like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. I'm so nervous for Faith." <laughs> <laughs> so Gary had backstage. Jesse tees up the rose ceremony and we head back there to see for the third time Gary having a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "We let get this it. man like, stop let, having yeah, a panic let's, attack. Let's give yeah. this a break." We also see an ITM right up right like right away yeah. of Faith in which she's talking about wanting to be confident, how on top of the world she felt when she and Gary exchanged I love yous. She's so scared of what she could lose. And we are hearing nothing from Teresa. And at that point, I was like, I was like, okay, so Faith is going home. Yeah, the editors are usually good about at least giving something. I was waiting for them to go to Teresa and like have her say something. Yeah, but they worked so hard in the last episode. You two were talking about this in your recap. That, to make you think it, that, to yeah. make you think that Teresa was going home, that I think this was their way of trying to balance that, because yeah. I, I was really sure Teresa was going home until I heard you two talk about it, and then I thought, ooh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even realize. I was so cynical. Yeah. Between this is what yeah. what I am cynical yeah. about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, is the way that they framed that, and so I kind of knew mm-hmm. that, coupled with the fact that we did see a scene that has not aired. Of Gary yes, and Teresa having a talk in a hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you did. You called so, it. Oh God. I was I was I yeah. was truly upset. If I were gonna cry, I might have I, I was too. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was too. I just I I really love Faith. Me too. And Gary initially, you know, tells Jesse he doesn't he knows what he wants to do, but he doesn't want to do it. He returns, he apologizes, he picks up the final rose, and of course he calls Teresa. And Faith. I looked at her and there was just no reaction. I'm like, she's shutting down and frozen right now. Yeah. yeah. She was in shock. Yeah. She was As definitely was I. in shock. I was well, not happy. I, I actually oh. gasped, even though I thought this is coming. I gasped. The audience Same. was in shock. Yeah. The audience gasped too. Oh my God, the audience was shocked. Do you think that the main problem was that she was the only one who explicitly said, I will not move? Because I don't think the others plan to move either. But she said I think location was definitely their biggest hurdle, for sure. I think it's also just harder. Like, Benton City to Indiana is not an easy— versus, like, Minneapolis to Indiana is so I do want to talk to you about Minneapolis to Indiana. Because after I heard you say that in the last recap, as someone who lives in the Midwest, I thought, I don't think it's that— Is it really hard? Okay. It is a nine-hour drive from where he lives to Minneapolis— or you can drive. Can you fly? Can't you, you fly? Can drive for, or take, you can drive no. for an hour to South Bend or Fort Wayne. And then Delta has right. nonstop two-hour flights. Delta's the only one. So you can do it, but it's not like an easy commute. Oh, no. I knew it wasn't easy, but it felt significantly easier, easier yes. than New Jersey. Especially if, or, if you're talking yeah. about like their kids, like if they were to like say, move somewhere, like, let's say, what if they moved to Chicago right. or something, right. and then their kids could both easily, that's sort of where yeah. my head was at, that just, like, all their kids are at least in the Midwest, yeah. I believe. Actually, I think one of Leslie's sons might be in California. Yeah, but I mean, but Faith was really e- explicit, right? She was just like, this is my life. Faith also was like, I want to be on this land, yeah. Yeah. specifically, yeah. and I'm deeply attached to it. And I do think that that is less flexibility than we see from 
Yeah, once she said her horse was buried yeah. on her property, yeah. she's like, I am not leaving this, this. Yeah, she's like, this is the land I am. I am living on this land. Like, I just think, so to me, that was why that is what pushed him over the edge. Because I think if she, yeah. if the logistics had been different, it could have been a very different outcome. I mean, yeah, this hits home, this whole, the business of the children and the community hit home, spe- especially to me because, um, so I only have one child, which makes it a little bit easier. And she's been, I'm in, in Columbus, Ohio, because that's where my teaching job was. And um, even though I've now retired from teaching full-time, I'm still here, 500 miles away from my child, who's back in New York, where I'm from, and where she's been aimed like a missile from the minute she was born. <laughs> um, and our plan, yeah, of course. I mean, I did this to her. She was three and she referred to it as her ancestral homeland because I had drilled that into her. Um, and um, my plan has always been, I mean, she and I together have come up with the plan that once she starts having children, we'll move back to New York and we'll be near her. And so the only reason I haven't moved yet is because I don't want to move twice at this point in my life. I want to move only once and I want to make sure we know exactly where specifically she and her husband are going She's to be. be that makes sense um, and i i was thinking about it like that's a it's so important to me to be able to be part of my grandchildren's lives once they're in the world my husband and i didn't have that we were far from my parents who were back in new york his parents were in georgia um I don't know that we would have wanted to have our parents that nearby. And in fact, my daughter's rule for us is one zip code away, which is really yeah. realistic, I think, one zip code. I like but, that. Right, I moved closer to my parents because I have two little ones, a I, five and a two-year-old. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. We're, I, yeah, we're about 10 minutes. It's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's – I mean, when I was a child, we lived – my grandparents lived down the hall from us in the same apartment building on the same floor. And that was oh, a bit much. Lovely. My father felt it was a bit much. So we moved <laughs> one zip code away from Brighton Beach. Yeah, to you're Sheets like, a, a slight boundary <laughs> is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so I, but I, I thought about that a lot and how, um, how planted everybody is, where they are. And it's a real challenge for this, this age, age group yeah. dating. It's a very, very different from being in your 20s and you're just sort of like floating around it does make me wonder where you could pick up and go right it does make me wonder about because i think faith is the obvious first golden bachelorette but it makes me wonder like she would they would only be able to cast men who would be willing to move we know this now it's like this is a deal (laughs) or the pool like in right i had the same thought i was like will if they do that would they just overwhelmingly cast men who already live in like Washington, right, Oregon, right. like some geographically and why not? closer to I her. I mean, love, because... love is Blind does it and it's a great idea. I know, I know. I actually think that that would be a useful model in a lot of ways for this show. And I'm, I'm interested, yeah. I'm very interested to see what the discussion, what discussions we get between him and Teresa and him and um, Leslie in the next two yeah. weeks about the logistics because I have... Yeah questions about where these women's heads are at because we've heard more from like their kids than from yeah i'm I'm actually it's the the thing i'm most excited to hear about is the logistics which i don't think yeah i always i mean i think that no they never do but that's what i want so gary walks faith out after giving Teresa the rose and faith tells the camera like i saw hope 
in both my son's eyes that they wouldn't have to worry about me so much. Oh. And Gary also says, you know, meeting your family made this way harder. But their initial, their conversation is not super long. Like she's clearly in shock. He doesn't really know what to say. So they just kind of say some like niceties to each other, but they don't get into it. She says a little piece of her thought it could work out. Gary says she has a good heart. It's been a joy getting to know her. She wishes him well. They hug. And she leaves. And then as the car drives away, this is when I think she starts to kind of clock into mm. what she's feeling. And she says, I'm numb. And she says, you know, it's going to be a while before I figure it out. If I ever figure it out, maybe it was just all in my own head. I don't really know. We have a clip of the rest of what she says. I feel like we connected on a level where I was ready to marry the dude, you know? I wanted so much more for me. I wanted so much more for my kids, you know, for them to see me have that. Maybe it's just not in the cards for me. Oh, this was very heartbreaking. And and what made it worse was that while this is playing, they show Faith, who is now on the Women Tell All stage in the hot seat, watching this back weeping. I mean, she's weeping in tandem with herself. They're at, yes. Do you know, Emma, do you know um, when this was taped, The Women Tell All? This was... Yeah, I think it was like two oh or three God, weeks ago. You know what? Yeah. I did. Oh, it filmed, uh, yeah, oct- about it, that like last week of October. So like two weeks ago, I think. So there's been like a lot of time and it's still very fresh for her. Much fresher yes. than it ever seems to be on with the young bachelor and bachelorettes. It was, it was like I agree. Painful. And that's why mm-hmm. it like fucking stabbed me mm-hmm. in the heart. I found this so yeah. sad. Oh, so we cut back to the studio and Faith is in the hot seat looking, I have to say, absolutely fucking banging. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. boobs, the boobs yes. are out and I applaud. I applaud her. She looked so hot. Yeah, she. That was her revenge dress. She's just like I know. I know. Yes. And the women, the women in the chairs, call out "I love you" to her. I mean, have we ever seen that before? No. It was so beautiful. And also, did you notice that like Ellen is feeling so much for her? Like her her hand is over her mouth. Like you can tell. Like that they are all so affected by seeing their friend in pain. And yeah, they yell, we love you, Faith. And Faith starts by saying, you know, it is so amazing to see everybody and to have the opportunity to get a bit of closure. But she says, she's not going to lie, it's hard to watch back. She describes it as gut-wrenching. And she says that part of that is that for the last 20 years, she doesn't feel like she's really opened herself up to anyone. And so she made the conscious choice that going into this experience— If she felt anything real, she was just going to lean the fuck in. And she said the result was that it shattered her. And Faith's been through enough. Clearly, Faith has a past. And so that's what makes it so much harder is you you can see the pain she's in. And you just don't want her to feel this anymore. You want her to feel, like, chosen. And so, yes, they have to make her the Golden Bachelorette. There's, like, no question. Please. When she when she talked about she talked so concretely 
about um, the end of the relationship with Gary. And it reminded me so much of my own breakups. I mean, my last breakups were when I was you, you, your age, you know. Um, and I thought about like the times I've been broken up with and that feeling of going from everything to nothing, right? And you look at this person mm-hmm. and and he's a stranger suddenly. And it really, it wrenched me because it's not something you you hear talked about very much either. Like this show is bringing up so many things that it never delves into, you know, it's another yeah. kind of grief. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. It is that loss, that very particular loss. And I felt that so much yeah. too. I had the same reaction, just like, I know the feeling she's talking about. Like, it sort of viscerally brings yeah. you back to that. And it's not a moment you want to go back describes to. It. You know? <laughs> no, it doesn't feel great. It feels really bad. Um, yeah. And as Faith is waiting, they cut, they like come back from the initial conversation after Jesse and Faith chat a little bit more about how shocked Jesse was that she went home. And I was yes. like, I actually yeah. believe that yeah. he was shocked. Because she's like, oh, that means, and he's like, no, 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 I really, yeah. I mean it. And you yeah. could see yeah. it in his eyes. Like Jesse did not think Faith was going home. But she says, you know, she and Gary have not spoken to each other, seen each other at all since that day. Um, and when we come back from commercial break, Faith is like whispering to Jesse, like, oh my God, Jesse, is he coming oh, I out? Know, is he I here know. Yet? Is he I here? can't I believe know. there was audio on that. Oh my God. I know. Oh, when that, when he and, does come out uh, and the two of them are uh, sobbing. This I'm, this moment oh we my need God. to like, I, I needed to slow it down and just watch every little bit of yeah. this embrace and yeah. yeah. Because it starts with Faith says hi when he comes out, and she's smiling and sobbing at yes, the same time yes. already. They lock <sighs> eyes. They take each other in, like, a deep embrace and are both audibly yeah. sobbing. Like, I timed this. This hug lasts oh for 25 full seconds. <laughs> Susan is starting to cry yes. watching yep. them hug. Like, that is yep. the intensity of this hug. It was they even like notice that their hug is so their hug is so intimate that they like faith notices like yeah. oh i shouldn't even be putting my like hand on your leg like they just oh i know yeah. she apologizes for I touching feel like she, him oh my god <laughs> because they had that connection yeah. that closeness and clearly yeah. he's with someone else and you know close with that woman but for faith this is like the man who opened her heart and she was in love with him so seeing him again I can't imagine how that felt for her. And then him having that reaction to seeing her, it was just like double whammy. Because these people, they really cared about each other. And I I was glad that she got the time to have a bigger conversation with him because their breakup was so abrupt. And then you don't get any processing time. Like in a normal breakup. I have to inject a note of cynicism (laughs) again just to keep it real. I mean, sure. I was very moved by all of this, too, but I would like to say that even though we've never seen anything like this occur with, you know, one of the, quote, losers on on the show, I don't think the explanation is that these people were really genuinely deeply in love. You know, I think 
it was mm-hmm. a very um, or their trauma. Uh, yeah, bonded. I mean, it was a very emotionally um, heightened experience. But let's not forget that they they went through the same meat grinder of The Bachelor that the young contestants in Leeds do. You know, they they fell in love with each other. I'm making air quotes here because there was nothing else to do or think about for yeah. weeks on end. You know, and faith. Had, yeah. Oh, you know? a- absolutely. This is a constructed experience. And I think that the um, it is intended to heighten emotions in a way that they they wouldn't be in the real world. And that holds for this show. Absolutely. I do think that the experience of feeling wanted and getting the sort of love drug um, shooting through your veins again after a, a long time of it not happening is really hard to just give up on. And that's what's going on. I mean, I didn't feel like, oh, this poor woman, she's lost the love of her life. I don't believe, I I still don't believe he's the love of any (laughs) of their lives. But I mean, I want to make my prediction right now, which is that whoever he's, well, maybe not if he picks Teresa, but I don't even want to think about that. But that if he picks Leslie, they will be engaged and they'll have a romance. And eventually- they will not marry, but just like <laughs> virtually every other bachelor couple, they'll go their separate ways because in the real world, they'll find that their lives just don't mesh. So Gary and Faith eventually break apart and sit down on the couch. And Faith tries to explain what she was feeling to Gary. You know, she says from day one, she felt like she had a safe place with him. But when he walked her out, she felt like she was looking at a stranger. And she said that disconnect is what was so devastating. That feeling of a high, high during hometowns to, as you said, that like love drug being cut off to to nothing. And the loss of the hope of a future, I think, is what's underlying all of this. And Gary assures her like this was not nothing. And he also acknowledges both that he did really love her in the moments that he said that, and also that he maybe did not express himself as effectively as he would have liked to mm-hmm. it when they broke up. Um, and And he says, you know, he describes it like he built something alongside her and then he destroyed it. Oh, and Faith, this is where Faith brings up again the walls that she had had up and the impact of this entire experience on kind of tearing those walls down. We have a clip. The feeling that you put 30 years of walls up and I... I had to ask myself, what is it about Gary is different than anybody you've dated? Like, what is it? And I thought, (laughs) that was the first time that I've, like, relaxed in somebody's arms and felt safe, you know? Like, seriously, like, like, I mean, you could have walked off with me right then. I'd have been yours for the rest of your life, you know? I just... (laughs) I felt that safe, and I've never felt that way. And I don't know what that is about you. I hope that someday I can feel that again, but but I thank you for it because I didn't know that I could feel that. Oh, my gosh. When she says, like, she could have just <laughs> been his for It's just so raw. Life. She thinks. She thinks. <laughs> she, imagines. she imagines. But I, 
But I think what she is identifying is, yeah, that experience of feeling a feeling Mm. that you didn't know was possible. And which is why she is, although she is sad, she is grieving a loss and it still seems to be somewhat acute. There is also hope underlying it. It's and and I feel like anyone who's dated has probably experienced some version of that. Like when you feel like you're circling the yeah. right thing, but you haven't found the right thing. And there is something devastating about losing something that's close yeah. to right. Yeah. But it's also hopeful when you kind of come out of that grief stage because it's like, wait. Maybe, I, maybe I'm allowed to feel this. Maybe I'm allowed to have well, and, this. Well, you know, she ends on that same note as everyone else does, which is, you know, in, she thanks him for teaching her that she could love again, right? That's, that's kind of where she, she wraps up her uh, account of it to him. And that really is the overarching theme, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is. They go back and forth some more, you know, about... Gary's choice. And it's kind of like at the end of the day, there's nothing he can say to really make her feel better. But I do think that they connect. And I also think he does say one thing that's really important that you never hear on The Bachelor. And that, in fact, most people, most people don't think to say or, and don't, and don't think to even take in this, you know, Gary talks about his search to find the right one not the mm-hmm. most lovable one. Because in I the moment, that. right? I did too. And at that moment, I thought, okay, I have underestimated this guy. <laughs> because- I, I love, right? yeah, That's... the articulation. He says, yeah, he says he was looking for who was the right one out of three yeah. beyond description wonderful yeah. women, which I, it's, it's, I love that. And he says, he says, that doesn't mean that the other two were any less wonderful or less important or any less lovable it just means that one was right. Yeah. And I think that's for Faith's benefit, but it's also like important for the audience to hear. Yes. And for the rest of the women to hear just that affirmation of, yeah, we talk, right fit is different from worthy person. I think it's important for everyone to hear. I mean, when you're a yeah, teenager exactly. and you get dumped. Oh my and, God. Right? I mean, that, that understanding that, I mean, I actually always talk about this to young people. You know, I'm in one of my jobs is I'm an advice columnist. And um, this idea that where there's no like being lovable to it, to everybody, you know, that it's, it is, if there were, if, if everyone were going to be drawn to the same person, life would be really miserable. And actually the bachelor kind of creates that, right? It creates a world in which everybody is in love with one person and they have to fight <laughs> it out for them. Um, but in real life, and maybe that's the reason, this may be a bit much, maybe that's the reason that Bachelor in Paradise is so much more fun and that Love Island is so much more fun as you've got there all these people scrambling options. around and trying to match yeah. up, you know? Like, there's yeah. not one person who's most desirable. It's, you know, who are you right yeah. with? Um, and Yes, uh, that's yeah. why those relationships, yeah. I think, tend to feel a little bit more organic. Because, yeah, you're not told there's one yeah. option <laughs> Yeah, when he says this, it just reminds you that we're watching The Uh, Freaking Bachelor and he has to say goodbye to women that he loves or at least cares about, you know, at least cares about. And that, you know, and then, you know, and of course, when he he starts to cry again when he says the worst part of this was that he promised his family he'd protect her heart and he didn't. And of course he didn't. He's on The Bachelor. It's not possible. 
We actually have a clip of part of what he says. <laughs> I promised your family something. Yeah, I know. And I broke that promise. Okay. That's so awful. No, it's okay. no it is. That's awful. I well, promised them that I would protect your heart. Yeah. And I didn't do that. I don't feel like you deceived me. I don't feel like you purposely broke my heart in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think my family feels that way either. I know your heart is true in, in all the good ways. And you're a beautiful soul. And I, I feel so blessed to have known you. It's been quite a journey, hasn't it? I, yes, it has. It was a beautiful I thing. I am definitely a better person for oh, meeting you. No. I feel like they're the only two people in the room during this conversation. Like, they really silence everyone else, which we don't always get at these women tell-alls or after the final rows. Like, they Uh really are, yeah, as they have the whole season, connecting. Like, it's just the two of them. Yeah. Oh, and when she absolves him so gracefully there, it's it's really just a, a lovely moment to see. I honestly think there are like single moments from this whole show so far that are some of my favorite things I've ever seen on TV. And this one goes right up there with the horror in the pool, you know, which was <laughs> the best. <laughs> obviously the best part yeah, of the whole show. But that was, I, yeah, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, they, I agree. cry and cry and cry. <laughs> There's just a generosity between the two of them that is so, to me, like, aspirational. Yeah. Like, how you wish you could act in a breakup when, like, you're probably messy and Mm -hmm. uh, don't behave well. Uh, And then Um, we get her whispering to him, I'll always love you, Gary. Oh. Oh (laughs) my God. And he says, Oh God. And they're just both (laughs) weeping. I was like, this is so, this is like torture porn. What is happening? Yeah. Oh, it was so, it was just (laughs) gut-wrenching. But Faith is allowed to leave the stage after this. Gary is still there. And they, again, take an extreme emotional pivot yeah, and are like, back to now farts. it's bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we. I did enjoy that we get Michael Costello, the designer, calling Gary Jerry because that <laughs> yes. is how his name yeah. looks. And everyone who's come on this podcast has done it at least once. Well, I, you know, um, I never did. Just, I never did it till today because I've never read his name before. But I took. Yes. I wrote these notes. I wrote notes, and I should have written. I should have misspelled his name in the notes. So I know because you look at your notes and you're like Jerry, and you're yeah. like, wait, no, I know his name's Gary, but that just looks like Jerry. And it's, I think it's actually pronounced yeah. like Gary. Gary. Like Gary. E we got to thank Gary. his parents for that. But you know? those, those bloopers. I mean, I loved like the sex talk at the end of them, but the all oh of that, my god, I was yeah. I really so did you enjoy that? Did you think it was cute and funny, Emma? All those like poop bloopers. <laughs> it was a, a little much for me, but I I didn't mind. I didn't hate it. Oh. I I was glad we got what I really liked was like Ellen being like I grabbed Gary's ass. Yes, I like that like, too. I like that a lot. Peggy being like I haven't seen this yeah, many wieners since college. <laughs> like all of the women sitting down mid rose ceremony talking about oh. how their feet hurt. I love. They're that like so there should much. be carpet. <laughs> That I was like, this is relatable. Yeah. This is yeah. deeply related. Like I have much more yes. in common with these. Yeah, when women Susan like flashes the women who are closer to my flashes age. the camera. <laughs> oh my great. god. Yes. Oh, that was great. But and then, thought, and the then realizes moment, the best moment of the bloopers was when we hear Leslie asking him, So how long has it been <laughs> since you've had sex? 
That's the preview. Oh, that's, that's in not the even preview. The oh, that's in the preview. You're right. That's weeks. not bloopers. So that's in the gonna, preview. All right. Sorry, forgot. That's not bloopers. Right. That's in the <laughs> real <laughs> yes. show. Yes, that's bloopers coming. ends with boobs. With some boobs. Right. Sandra adjusting her boobs, and then Susan flashing Kathy, right. and then forgetting that she's being filmed. <laughs> and Kathy's <laughs> like, "Hope you liked that view." <laughs> it's just a great moment. Yeah. And then yeah, we yeah, end previews. this episode with a preview of the final weeks of Gary's journey. Jesse says, what happens next is so emotional. It's going to have all of America in tears. Yeah. And I was like, how dare you, Jesse? I actually believe you. <laughs> At least it will have me in tears because every episode has. Um, I believe Jesse way more than I believed Chris Harrison when he said it would be the most dramatic season ever. <laughs> so we see that they're in Costa Rica. Gary is in love with two women. They're both in love with him. We get some last chance, like adventure dates. And yes, fantasy suites. And as Gary reminds us, people his age still <laughs> knock boots. And this is when Leslie's like, so when's the last time? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's I <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait that for that great. conversation. We also get a moment of Gary telling Leslie that he thinks she's the one. Game and over. I was like, he told her, yeah, he I told like her she's spoiling it too, for remember us. at the amusement park. I, also I, um, that I'm sorry, but this like why would you put that in the pro the promo? You would put that in know. the promo if you were trying yeah. to fool us the same way Miss, they tried to. Yeah. I know, but the only reason that I don't think they're trying to fool us is because there is that scene that I yeah. swear it was Teresa, and we see him going to a hotel room in this promo, and I'm like, I think he's going to break up with someone before proposal day yeah. in a hotel room, and I think it's going to be Teresa because. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Teresa seems like a lovely person, but Leslie, I just like, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, and also I'm just, this is my yes. sleuthing work from the promos. And I feel, I'm going to say, I think they've shown us too much. Unless they're doing the best mystery. They want us to hunt for these done. eggs in these promos. They're like, they've been, they've been making us do the yeah. work. Yeah. We also see that Leslie and Teresa meet Gary's family. And at least one of his daughters seems to maybe have some doubts. I bet it's not actually mm. that dramatic when right. we actually see it, but right. she has some good facial expressions. And Gary is worried that he's going to make the wrong choice. And we see him, presumably after he breaks up with one of them, telling Jesse that the only time he's felt worse is when his wife passed away. And this is a, quote, goddamn close second. Yikes. Next week is Fantasy Suites. Then we have a Thanksgiving pause. And in three weeks on November 30th, it is the live season finale of The Golden Bachelor. My wish is that Leslie wins. My prediction is that who is that if he ma if he gets engaged to her they will have a fantastic romance they'll both benefit hugely from it and then they will go on to find people who are more appropriate mates for them each and you know what that is a happy ending yes, in my book yes i totally agree i mean the whole ending of a marriage seems it's amazing that any of these relationships have ended in a marriage so Lee, what's your what's your prediction? Do you agree with my I do. sleuthing I, assessment? I think Leslie's the one. I think Therese is going to get sent home. I do hope Leslie and Gary last. <laughs> but me too. And then and then I do think that Faith is going to be the next Bachelorette, unless she doesn't want to do it. In which case, oh, which case? Or I Sandra. I would really I love I, Sandra. Yeah, but me too. That's just me. Uh, yeah, I would love Sandra too. Juliet's prediction was Joan. Yeah, Joan. Um, Joan was the other one I was thinking, yeah. just because of the way she left, and I she definitely has the look. And she did would. get well, she did yeah, get a lot of screen time yes. at the woman yeah. tell. Also, there's the chance yes. she's in the running. Yeah, I I think people who are in I think the people in the running would be 
Joan, Sandra, Ellen, Susan, Faith, and then I guess if Les, maybe Susan, but I think she's a little bit too yeah. like comedic yeah. relief. Yeah, I don't think they character. Would pick Susan. Um, and then you know, obviously, whoever's the runner up would be at least spoken yeah. to about it. But I, I, so I think if like Teresa wins, oh yeah, then absolutely. Leslie's shoe in. For I don't know if I could see Teresa. As I wonder how. Though. Mm. No, me but I don't. I don't maybe. see Teresa as Golden Bachelor. Um, so I, I wonder how long it's going to take them to cast for it because I think they should I do don't it know. soon. I think, because I think it's, it's, I kind of think they will actually because they this has been such a hit. Yeah, you know, this was their yeah. test run. This was proof of concept, and now it's really doing so well for them on every metric. You know, yeah. in terms of media com- coverage, like national dialogue ratings. Like mm-hmm. goodwill toward the show. I could see show. it being like um, Joey. I've heard that like yeah, staff I could see it being is Joey, Golden and, Bachelorette, and then, and the then. Bachelorette, Golden Bachelor. I can just see it for for a year. <laughs> yeah, just oh fucking God. year round. <laughs> I'm I'm never gonna have anything to do at no. night again. No. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> Sorry, you have to be locked in your house watching well, Bachelor shows and, and, forever. And I have I blame my child right because she. I'd never watched it. I'd never had any interest. And then one night in 2018, it was the penultimate episode of Ari's season. And she had gotten hooked on it when she was in college, like at Wesley. And that's what she learned was to watch reality TV. (laughs) Um, And she called me one night. At that point, she was living in West Harlem. And she called and said, turn on the TV. I know you assume it's trash, but... This, it, it has everything you like. You're going to like this, I promise. And I always listen to her. So I turned it on and it was the episode before the final episode. Oh my and God. And I was like, I, I, I mean, I like, remember Crazy. I had never seen anything like this before. I watched Ari kissing Lauren and then kissing Becca. And I thought, what kind of madness is this? How can someone go from <laughs> making out to one person to making out? And he's telling, I mean, I was so like, it was the middle of the episode too. So I didn't have any idea what was going on, but I was so hooked that I have never since then missed That's an how episode they get how you. They get of you. either That's show. That's how they get you, or Michelle. Paradise. And my daughter abandoned me. <laughs> she left me in Bachelor Nation after the Chris Harrison thing. She said, I've, I've had enough. Yeah, a I lot of people left anymore. I get mm-hmm. it. I, I, I know. And, and she left me alone, but then her parting Did she come me. back for Golden? Well, she hasn't yet, but she's going to because she listened to me on Juliet's podcast and she's going to listen to me on this one. She, she doesn't care if I spoil it for her. She he, had to hear me. But you know what? Her parting oh, gift was so she got me hooked on Love Island UK. So now I'm really screwed. <laughs> and I'm yeah, totally no, you are. Addicted. There's that's uh, that's why I can't let myself yeah, yeah. because it's just too much content and, and I simply don't have the time. It's so I have to resist. So though I know, good. I know. Oh, I've seen God. I have seen episodes. I just. I, <laughs> I simply cannot. Yes. <laughs> I've had to draw a boundary <laughs> for myself. Well, I've give up, given up on any other kind of entertainment. No. So this is what I do. <laughs> I love it. For fun. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a blast. Please come back anytime. I would love, love to come back, you. especially when Golden Bachelorette comes around. Oh, oh yes. Don't you'll be first on the list. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. 
First up, love to see it. And her <laughs> list is long, of course. We love to see the women back together again. Just the friendship. The Never friendship. leave us. The friendship. All the moments of friendship. Never I leave love us. to see Natasha's cherry rings. Get these ladies the rose ceremony seats they deserve. Get Natasha a contract. She knows what she's doing. My midlife maven. We see you. I love to see, and my tear ducts hate to see, Ellen more... Ellen memorializing Roberta with just the most touching story that brought Jesse to tears, the other women to tears. It was such a beautiful moment, such a testament to all the things that yes. Michelle talked about during this episode. And now I'm going back it. because some people maybe didn't like to see it, but I personally loved to see Susan's gas dilemma drama. Like me and me you too. were just like, what do you mean you don't <laughs> like poop jokes? <laughs> But I get it, and I appreciate Michelle's (laughs) viewpoint because there are people who don't appreciate it. But not for everyone. Love gastric issues, and it's deeply relatable content. Look, some of us just have to live with them. Thank you, Susan, for being for being our normalize normalize it. (laughs) And finally, we love to see just the absolute affection and respect that Faith and Gary maintain for each other, and just the generosity of their (sighs) breakup. And that's it for you know. For hate to see it. It's Faith being heartbroken. This woman is a gem. She had such class. I loved every bit of her. And I want her to be the Golden Bachelorette. Me too. If she wants to be. But I'm hopeful. Same. Yeah. We do Agency for Faith. We want her to make her own choices. I guess the only other thing I kind of hate to see is... Jesse focusing too much on the grandchildren. Yeah. Like, let let them make Who out cares? in peace, okay, yeah. Jesse? We know you respect them. Who cares if they have grandkids? Well, you're supposed to yeah. pack it in. You know what? I think it's a good lesson grandchildren. for grandchildren to be like, look at my grandma out here falling in love. She, she still, still got, got it. it. That's right. Fuck yeah. But, I, you know, Jesse did cry then over Roberta, so he evened out for me, but... <laughs> No, I love Jesse. I'm such a fan of Jesse. I so rarely want to criticize him. But, you know, he can take it. And now it's time for our season rating. Gary's grand zaddy energy out of 10. Yeah, I originally had a little higher. I think it's, it's, look. You called me out. You said, I think it's a little lower. I think this is, (laughs) it's lower than last week. Last week was nine winks. This week, it just, it didn't, it was, didn't have that much Gary in it. I mean, there was a lot in the back half, the first half was really about these women. So just the grand zaddy energy inevitably was a little Yeah, maybe lower. a seven. Yeah, I feel good about a seven. He made the moments that we saw count. And I do think grand zaddies are allowed allowed to cry. Let grand zaddies uh, cry. Weep. <laughs> Let grand zaddies <laughs> sob. Um, but yeah, there was just, just a little less of him. That is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Lee. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Michelle Foreman. Love to See It is produced by us, Emma Gray, Lee Blickley, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Matarana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word about Love to See It to all of your friends. And if you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack 
at clarentemma.substack.com. I'm also on social media at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Libby Z. We'll be back Monday, of course, with our Paradise Recap. Stitcher. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.